Hello, darlings, it's me, Karen Stonecutter. Yes, of the Stonecutter family, although I try not to bandy it about too much. Well, we had a bit of a busy weekend, to be honest, darlings. It, it did all go well. I think we're taking to this hero thing. Murphy, our friend and our illegal dealer, gave us some really nice new weapons, and he didn't ask for anything for them. Maybe he's just trying to get rid of some contraband, but uh, either way, they disappeared into our amulet, so we're hiding them quite nicely. Then we all got summoned to the office from Janderson. But it turned out it wasn't Janderson at all, darlings. It was that horrible Dark Angel's sister. Her name's the administrator, and she runs the whole city. I don't know how she found out, because we've been awfully discreet. But she knows all about our little escapades. Hmm, maybe we're not doing this hero thing so well after all. And she's managed to blackmail us into working for her. So we're going to be doing things for the city, but not officially? I don't know, it's all rather under wraps to me. And who knows what one of the Emperor's holy servants will want from us. We're just humble, innocent parchment company employees after all. Speaking of, I better dash, darlings. I'm just about to be late for work. And welcome to episode 17 of the Terrible Adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D and I'm your DM, your dungeon manager today. And if I could travel anywhere in the world for 24 hours, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'd love to go to the space station, is like see the earth from up above so I could flip off all my flat earth friends. <laughs> Honestly, like I would just love to like go to space. I would love if you got up there and it turns out the earth is flat. <laughs> you're like, oh my god. Damn it. <laughs> but of course that's not going to happen. Mm. <laughs> I am Liz and I am playing your favourite dwarf barbarian, Karen Stonecutter. And if I could go anywhere in the world for just 24 hours, I think I would go to Antarctica. Similar to space, very, very isolated, very desolate. Not a lot of people have been there. I'd really like to see it, but less chance of me throwing up in zero gravity. Yeah, okay. You also have to touch metal frequently to discharge the built-up electricity. Yeah. What? Plus penguins. There's no penguins in space. There are no penguins in space, and I do really like penguins. Oh. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. Antarctica is just like space. <laughs> Except it's got penguins. Hey guys, I am Poppy. I play Idafer, the tiefling rogue. And if I could go anywhere for 24 hours, you would be catching me in Tokyo. You'd find me in the Pokemon Center just before that 24 hours is up so I can steal as much as I can. <laughs> oh. Take advantage of the teleporting mechanic yeah. that we've like built into this. No wonder you're playing a rogue. <laughs> Popping like arm full of plushies just disappears and the plushies just fall to the ground. They're like, oh, you want to buy this right now? I'm like, ah, bye. <laughs> I'm Nate, I'm playing Flindler the Harpling Bard, and I would go to Bali for a bit of a nice sunny holiday. Oh, yeah. 
at the time it was sunny. I don't know the weather over yeah. there at the moment. <laughs> During monsoon season. Yeah. <laughs> when it's, it's sunny. <laughs> throwing out there that this this uh, theoretical situation is COVID-free. So mm. yeah. cheap drinks, interesting culture, good food. I'm there. Especially if you don't have to have travel lag to get to your holiday. Oh my God. I always have like yeah. a holiday day after my holiday to recover. Oh, from absolutely, <laughs> yeah. You gotta have. You wouldn't it. need that if you're just jumping over there. My name is Stephanie, and I play uh, Frankie. And I would probably travel to like the museums that I couldn't go to and take photos. Well, like they can't do anything because hot huh, here. Uh, it's like. I teleported away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so I just want to break that rule and take photos. Is there any one particular museum that you'd like to go to? Like, all of them? Any, yeah. any, museum, any museum where museum. they don't let you take photos. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can take photos, of, uh, so I want to go there. <laughs> just to make it clear, we are not like teleporting superhumans yeah, just no. get to go somewhere and then come back. So you'd get caught and you'd be running around for like 18 hours. Like. For the purposes of the podcast, this is a joke. <laughs> we can't let them know we can't actually teleport. <clears throat> How about we play some Dungeons and Dragons? How's everybody feeling about that? Oh my god, I'm okay, so yeah, maybe excited. We'll do that, huh? Okay. <laughs> So we will now start uh, arc four of the Terrible Adventures of the Janus and Rivet Department Company, of which I have dubbed the Question Box. After an extremely stressful weekend, Monday morning arrives. It is the next morning since uh, the events of Smoko 3. How's everybody feeling? Everybody sleep well? I'm going to say no. Karen has been having sleepless nights. Uh, she's been worried about her family, she's been worried about her co-workers, and she is very worried about what Monday is going to hold. Yeah, um, Ida has been trying to sleep all weekend but has uh, PTSD. Yeah. So, is that. <laughs> Keep in mind the events of you know going to Murphy's and like seeing the administrator, they happened yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So Ida is a bit late to work this morning. <laughs> Yeah, like just so late to work for Ida is like double late. Really late. Flintbar's <laughs> fine. He wouldn't got a massage. He could want a massage, and he's been filling in all these contracts. He's on a roll. He is invigorated. This stress is great. It's food for the soul. For <laughs> he's productive. Except, uh, not very well, but that's why we kept he was up late playing with guns. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. So in your own time arrive at the office and as you sit down to your space you see a note uh, requesting that when everyone is here you go to Janison's office. How do we know when everyone's here we all work in different places? When Karen sees the note she will start pacing the office until she manages to collect everybody. So she's just going to be pacing around until she sees Flynnvar walk in and she goes and collects him and then she makes him walk around with her. <laughs> just following behind you, like mar marching, filling out forms. <laughs> Flynn's like, you know, you can always find me at your desk. And Karen says, no, 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 no. No, I think we all have to be together for this one. I see Karen walking around just like forcibly linked arms with people just like storming forwards, dragging Yes, them. yes. <laughs> so do you go to Janison's office, the four of you? Yeah, I mean, oh, once, yeah. once we find Idafa, who has wandered in late with a coffee. Sorry, I'm late traffic. <laughs> <laughs> the carts were packed up. 
So you do eventually uh, go to Janice's office and you knock and you go inside and he's waiting for you. Like he's working, he's dressed in a black suit and he is pleased to see all of you. His, he's looking quite well groomed today. Obviously it's only been a couple of days since his dad died on Friday night, uh, but he's looking well. And he invites you all in and sits you down on the same couches that you were sat in not 24 hours ago being threatened by uh, the emperor's court. Um, and he says, oh, oh yes, please come in. Thank you everybody for your efforts on Friday. I am so grateful that you were able to solve the murder and you have all done me a personal service and I cannot thank you enough. Oh. Giving us a pay rise would be... Oh my god. Oh my god, Frankie. Dad just died. <laughs> oh my god. Dad just died, although less dividends for the company. So if, if not for you, our entire company might have been shut down. You have proved yourselves competent and I would like to tell you that I will be formally pitching Karen's awaiting proposal at the board meeting late this week. Oh, fan fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Janderson. It's, it's, it's an honor. And she kind of adjusts the um, black armband that she's got on her, on her jacket. And she says, it's, it's just unfortunate that it couldn't be under better circumstances, darling. Uh, have, you, have you been doing okay this weekend? I have spent some time self-reflection i'm certainly still very upset i think nobody's okay just two <gasps> days after their dad dies well yes <laughs> sorry just blimbuck gets the nervous giggles because this is so awkward he's so uncomfortable with all this emotion right he's he's like he's like he's oh, such a man <laughs> he's like talking about emotions <laughs> and so he continues he's he's like beaming he's really happy with all of you and he says uh, as a as a means of thanks i had ordered a charcuterie board but somebody ate it over the weekend <laughs> So instead, you'll all be receiving pay rises. Yay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> he offers each of you a new contract going up from 75 gold to 100 gold per week. Girl. Oh my goodness. Which is a big pay rise. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, Frankie and Idafa, your contracts state that you are, you are being submitted to both receive promotions. <gasps> so Frankie, Janison tells you that you'll be moving to R&D at the written recommendation of Shistine. Um, and oh. Idafa, you're being considered for a shift supervisor. Ooh. Oh, for you. But you did also, you did kind of notice that a few of the lockers had been cleaned out this morning. Um, and you think maybe a few of the like previously like higher ranked janitors quit after the whole thing with the assassin uh, on Friday night. Yeah. It's definitely not because we need to fill the role. <laughs> <laughs> there is one more thing. You've all done so much for me. But I was wondering if, as the away team, I could ask you to accompany me. Oh. Well, on a day? Where to, Jensen? I mean, on a day. <laughs> <laughs> My father's funeral oh God. will be taking place in Ixingnir in three days from now. And I need to transport his coffin home and I don't want to travel by myself. That makes sense. The roads are well patrolled, but I think I could use your company on the way and perhaps you can see my hometown. Oh, well, I've never heard of Ixing there, I'll be honest. Janison, we'll be delighted to. Uh, when are we leaving? I'd like to go home and grab some more uh, appropriate attire for a funeral. Ah, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and he starts handing out little itineraries. <laughs> um, including a map of Ymirsa, uh, which I'm now posting in the group chat. Yay! So you guys can all take a look at that as to where we'll be traveling. 
And he does tell you everyone can go home to pack. You're leaving for a three to four day journey mm. and you will be back sort of end of the week type of thing, depending on how long things take. We're going on a trip. Can Flimba look at the itinerary and see the name of the town again? Because he wasn't quite listening. Uh, it's called it's called Exingnir, and it is the town. Uh, it's close to the hives at the bottom. It's in the bottom left-hand corner uh, near Galapod. Oh yes. Oh, okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. Galapod. Now Exing Exingnir is it a is it a popular gnomish town or is it kind of a all races? That's right. He's a gnome, not area. a half. Roll me a history check. Oh my Ooh. god! There's so much lore. We do that. That is a 19 on the dice. Exingnir is a mostly uh, halfling and gnome town, mm. uh, although all Umeasan peoples can be found there. Uh, with a few gnomish families holding much of the industrial power, uh, there are a few famous production factories there, uh, and it is famous for its ingenuity. Uh, notable gnomes who hail from there include Gezdark the Inventor, mm. Brum the Wizard, and Janison Brefford Senior. Oh, who ain't dad special? <laughs> and because you rolled over a 16, you also know that there is a particularly famous weekly tradition called New Life's Feast, which takes place there, which is essentially a town-wide uh, potluck dinner. Oh. Weekly? Yeah, it's, oh used to, it's used to announce birth, uh, welcome new citizens, and encourage tourists to mix with the locals. In the center of town, you've heard that there is an enormous round table with a spinning ring, uh, affectionately dubbed Lazy Susan, after the town's <laughs> aging mayor. Oh, oh my god! Female oh, I love in it. the role of mayor. What day is that? Is the potluck thing? It will be the day of the funeral. Oh, okay. Girl. So, do they kind of change it depending on if there's an event, or is it on a certain day each week? I mean, you, Idafer, probably wouldn't know this. This is Karen's knowledge because Karen rolled around on history. It's usually on the same day, but like if there's an event happening, they might as well just put it on the same day. It's like a big town-wide friendly dinner where everyone sits around a big table and eats together. Um, and it's like really good for encouraging tourism because yeah. um, a lot of people do travel there uh, because of the because of the like fame of the town. That's really cool. I really like that. That's like good community goals right there, right? Really I'm good like, community I'm goals right there. Right? I'm not nearly <laughs> confident enough to live in a town like that. You each head back home to pack for your trip. Idafer, we've been inside your house a couple of times, but for the rest of you, um, what are your characters' houses like? Which district are they in and how are they decorated? Karen lives in the northeast part of town, uh, in the solidly upper middle class section of the eastern district, as close to the royal upper class section as you can get without actually being there. She does have family, of course, in the Northern District, but uh, through a very exciting life that uh, her and her wonderful husband have lived, they've ended up in a beautiful little suburb, um, in a wonderful little house uh, with their three beautiful children. And it is a, it is a lovely house. It's two-story, half-timbered, the envy of the street, the pinnacle of what the local homeowners association expects a house to look like in the area. Flynn, what about you? What's your house like? What's your home life like? They've got a very tasteful McMansion. <laughs> so sorry, just a, just a quick question. Who does Flynn live with? So I live in an outhouse attached to my family's house, so my dad and mum, and our manservant Nimbus, who's a selective mute. I put selective in case you want to roleplay him later because I, I originally said it was mute and I was like, that's no, boring to play. That's fine, <laughs> okay. I'm happy to roleplay him mute. I'll just tell you what he sign language. Okay, there we go. It just <laughs> means that you can speak fantasy sign language. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm sleeping in like a sleep out. <laughs> you can ask if I slept with my manservant. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's 
my dear friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, I'm like bachelor pad at the, you know, like the pool house, but not with the pool. So it was like the, the pool house attached to the training grounds. It tastefully decorated, um, like you can tell they're rich, but they're more into function and homeliness. So Flindlar's mum's a bit of a, she's very overbearing mumish, like mama bear. So it's like warm, cozy meets like her dad's like, I'm showing off our weaponry kind of thing. Like, so it's like, you know, soft, cozy with that industrial working class edge. But fancy. And uh, Frankie, what's your home like? So Frankie lives like it's not the slums, but like they're the working class poor because you know they only have the, the one income. Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't have like disability or any other type of social security uh, in this world. So um, they live in like a cute little two bedroom hovel. Sisters in their bedroom and dad and another one, and Frankie sleeps in the closet. Just books has just the support of everything. He has so many books. The propping up his bed, the propping up his desk, the propping up his bookshelf, and all the papers on his walls and posters that he has to stare at to like be like energize and motivate himself. I want to be that inventor. Uh, so it's Frankie's life. So just out of interest, like if he wants to read a book, does his bed get really wobbly, or are they all books that he's read? They're the books that he's read. Okay. You know who Frankie reminds me of is Milo from Atlanta. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a good movie. It was such a good movie. So Frankie, you're stuffing things haphazardly into a satchel, <laughs> and you've got hands with you, I assume. Yeah, hands packing his own little hand-sized satchel. <laughs> oh my God. Things just chucking things in. I'm like, hands, check me that thing. <laughs> While I wait for him to like, do it. Okay, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay. For some reason, it's just slow. It's gonna be quicker if I just need these. We're working on it. Um, and if he, you know, Freddy's just packing things that he probably doesn't need. I'll need like five of these books. I'll need these projects just to keep get warm. Uh, I'll pack one shirt. Um, and, like, uh, and a toothbrush and yeah. Always bring a toothbrush. No paste. No paste. No, 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 no. <laughs> So yeah, you're doing this. I assume that you bring like your stash of Electrum and like anything oh, yeah. you need in case you get into yeah. any like magic trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you hear a voice uh, at the door to your room uh, and you turn and you see your dad there. Now, as I understand, he is uh, probably unshaven. Uh, he'd be limping on a, on a single leg, mm -hmm. probably smells a bit from being drunk from the night yeah. before. Am I missing anything here? No, no, you're hitting. Each mark. Oh, each painful mark. Hey, boy. What are you doing, home? Busy. I'm trying to leave. I gotta go. <laughs> You're finally packing up to leave, eh? No, I'm back. <laughs> sure. Uh, he's already half cut, or maybe he's just still drunk from the night before. So, uh, notice that you got yourself some new shoes, new clothes for that fancy party that you went to, and uh, and his hands like buzzes around him. He's like this little flying machine uh just can't help but wonder if maybe you're withholding money from the family i wouldn't do that on purpose dad i have to i have money that i need so i can buy things and i always make sure the girls are taken care of <laughs> well whatever and takes a big swig from a jug with three x's on it <laughs> this is not a funny moment <laughs> <laughs> thank you for cutting the tension <laughs> well whatever you just Keep telling yourself you're the head of the family, I guess. You're the one getting secret mail, after all. Um, and your father produces a letter and waves it in your face. Who's leaving notes on your pillow? 
You got a girlfriend you're too ashamed to have over? No. Obviously, I don't have time for a girlfriend when I'm trying to raise three kids and a useless man who <laughs> doesn't have a leg. <laughs> do, you, do you take the uh, Do you take the letter from him? Yes. Snatch it. Okay. Then I snatch the hands out of the air. I'm like, come on. Uh, Flynn. It was only an hour since you left, but the large house, it's large for a small family of halflings anyway, yeah. is, it's perfectly quiet. Mm. On your way through the house to your, you know, pool house, you pass your mother's study, um, where you can see through her always open door. She is hard at work on something or other. Do you, do you talk to her or you just carry on through? Yeah, I'll tell her that I'm leaving so she doesn't bake extra food. <laughs> she basically like, that's nice dear. Yeah. Like she doesn't look up, she just carries on you know, working on what she's working on. She works with your dad, right? Like she's part of his, yeah. part of his whole weapons development thing, yeah. And you go out the back to your room to pack, listening to your little tiny footsteps that go off the walls. Uh, as you arrive in your room, uh, you find your human manservant, Nimbus, uh, finishing up his daily tidy up of your space. Nimbus, my man, ah! Oh, you know what, you're gonna get four days of leave because I'm leaving the key for you. Yes, and so I like pull out my key and I like sit it on the couch. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going away for work uh, for like four days. So make yourself at home, there's extra snacks. Mum made like this giant three-tiered cake that I'm meant to finish and buy tomorrow. So, you know, I know you like you that. a deadline pursuit. for cake? Yes, I get a deadline for cake. He <laughs> signs to you, he asks where you're going. Oh, I'm going to Exxon, unfortunately, you know, the funeral. I hope I'm not pallbearers, that'll be an awkward height. I kind of pause and like look off into the distance, like trying to deal with the like emotion situation, like, do we have to do this? Did you tell him about like, like, cause you've told him about your magic before. Yeah. Did so, you tell him about what happened over the weekend? Yeah, so I tell him everything. He's like my confidant, like best friend, like he raised me. <laughs> so he signs back to you asking if you want him to pack your bag, if you would like him to make sure that your uh, uh, magic coins are like packed safely, and if there's anything specific that you want done. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I would love that. I've just got a couple of co um, contracts I want to smash out, and I've got something for you that I want to also send to Cassie, because she's really cool and she did so well. Yeah. So I like kind of thank him and I go. So, so while you sit down and get back to work, <laughs> uh, as Flynn does, Nimbus does bustle around your room, um, packing some nice shirts, like packing some traveling shoes, you know, like an umbrella. Like he's, he's been real practical with it. You guys have a really nice relationship, right? He's kind of like your Alfred the butler a little bit. Yeah, kind of like the really, really useful uncle. Yes. <laughs> but you do pay him to be a good uncle. Yeah, At yeah. one point he comes over and he taps you on the shoulder and his eyes, like his eyebrows are concerned uh, and he points over at your bed and there is uh, an, a white envelope sitting on your pillow. Oh. Who, who's it from? I don't. It's from me! <laughs> I just I just had a question. Yeah. Sitting what lovely race is Nimbus? He's humus, human. Oh, okay. He's very tall. Yeah, he's, he's a tall boy. Yes, mate? You're packing a bag and Whiskers is rubbing up against your legs and you hear a knock at the door. Hello? It's your mother, Adina. Why are you home? Shouldn't you be at work? Oh, sorry. I absolutely forgot to tell you. So, you know how Janison's dad died? We're going with him to the funeral. Is that far? Uh, it's a place called Ixing now. I'm not actually sure. I'm just... Oh, it's about, that's about two days away. Your, your great uncle comes from there. Two days away? Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Well, yeah, I guess we're going to take a while then. I think he said we'll be back at the end of the week. I, I must admit, darling, after 
what you told me last night, and then I come in here and you're packing your bags. I wondered if maybe you were running away. Oh, Mum, don't!、Oh, he runs over to her and gives her a big、oh. hug, and he's like, "No, Mum, I'm not gonna leave this house for a long time. I hope that doesn't scare you, but <laughs> I'm going to be staying here for a while, and I love you and Dad very much." I'm so proud of you, and so much has happened recently. And sometimes I just want to hold on to you forever. <laughs> It's been so long since you became a part of the family. I can't even remember when we first adopted you. It's like wait, I'm adopted. <laughs> <laughs> It's like one day、wow. we were single, and then the next day we had this beautiful baby. Adina pulls an open envelope、uh, from behind her back and sheepishly hands it over. After you showed us that seal, I can't help but wonder what you're not telling me. I shouldn't have pried. I'm very sorry. I gently take it from my mother's hands.、Uh, I, I noticed you've opened it, Mum.、Um, well, I guess you can tell me what it says then. Karen, <laughs> you arrive home, and your husband Barry is, as he always is on his home weeks,、um, sitting in his favourite chair and working on his favourite hobby. What's he doing? Barry is embroidering. He、uh, picked it up quite a few years back as kind of a a necessity.、Uh, he is a mine manager as part of his family business in the Stonecutters, and everything's always getting ripped and torn. <laughs> and、Aww. he picked up embroidering to fix people's. Clothes while he was out in the field, and he really enjoys it. And he's started to take it up as a a fun hobby, like a little artistic expression. A little, a little artistic、oh. expression, exactly. He's got a little thimble on. And、uh, Karen <laughs> comes in the door, and she's immediately become dramatic. She bursts through the door, and she runs over to her husband, and she kind of falls onto the floor next to him, and she clutches his knees, and she goes, "Oh." Oh Barry, it's only the week's only just begun, and everything's. <sighs> I can't believe I'm going to be leaving you for another whole week, darling. He smiles warmly, <laughs> and he gets up and he embraces you, as he always does when you've been gone for more than fifteen minutes. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining in my head he kind of looks like the bearded Nick Offerman. <gasps> and he he sits down on the floor next to you and strokes your hair, and he says. Oh my darling, what's happening? Oh, well, it's just it's just work, Barry. You know, Janderson, darling man, he's asked us to go to his dad's funeral. The poor dear thing, and you know, I would, I, of course, I will go. I will support my 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 boss, and he because he supported me through so much, you know. But it is in Ixingmere. I'm so far away, and I barely get to see you these days. I feel like I just. Karen,、mm -hmm. my love, darling. And he、uh, he gets up and he starts bustling around the kitchen making tea, and he says,、uh, "We have another hundred years to enjoy each other's company. I'll make sure our little tykes get to school. <sighs> you will come back, and not one, not one thing will be different. I promise." Barry, you. You always know just what to say. Thank you. Can you help me pick out my funeral dress? Absolutely. Why don't you go on up, and、uh, I'll be up in just a minute. I've, you know, I've really always loved you in that strappy black number. Do you think that would be appropriate? We can add a veil to it. I think that would be just lovely. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, so you head, uh, you head up towards the stairs, and and he calls. Out, he's like, uh, "Hey, darling." Uh, yes. That is a very nice shirt. Is that new? Oh, oh, I thank you. Yes, I bought it from a little store. You'll never guess. It's kind of like a. You you can kind of buy just about anything there, but I chose the shirt, and I thought it looked quite dashing. Mwah, beautiful. Thank Go you. Go upstairs and pack. I'll bring up some tea and we'll pick out some clothing for oh. you. Thank you so much, darling. Karen, you go up to your room and you find, sitting delicately on your pillow, a white envelope that you recognize to be, without a doubt, Janison Brefford's Parchment Company produced. All four of you, inside your envelopes are two pieces of Janison Brefford's parchment. The first has very tidy handwriting and reads, your first task is to collect this object and return it to the palace. Have fun in Ixingnir. And it's signed, Admin. <laughs> the second page features a sketch of a disembodied hand reaching up towards a dark cube. There is no other information given. And I've just put uh, a sketch of it, what the sketch looks like in the group chat. Oh, that is a nice cube with some sparkles around it. Oh, let me, let me have a look. That is oh. a hand. That is a nice cube with some sparkles around it. Some of us reading it and he's like, wait, the hand or the cube? <laughs> Where am I going to find the sparkles? Is it, so it's a, <laughs> does photography exist? No, it's a drawn sketch. There's no, there's no photography. Every time I've ever mentioned a picture, it's always been a hand-drawn picture. Mm. Maybe Frankie could figure out photography. He's too busy figuring out guns. <laughs> <laughs> So after meeting back at JBPC at around 10.30 a.m., the party travels west in a covered carriage, uh, covered luxury carriage, uh, topped with a large wooden ornament oh. uh, to the west gate. And uh, as you reach the front of the gate, guards approach you and begin to search the cart. Uh, one of them opens the door and pokes his head inside and says, uh, contraband check. Sure. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Mr. Brefford, uh, is that okay with you? He nods and he starts looking around inside of his big, like, shoulder bag. He also has a tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he starts looking around inside of it and he, like, puts his face uh, inside of it, looking around to see if he can find any contraband uh, as the guard pulls out this tube that you, on your first time that you left the city in the story, uh, you, you noticed was being used to identify magic items. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, that's true, it was. What Karen will do is she'll say, uh, may I may I speak to you just for a moment? Of course. Do you have something to declare? Uh, of a sort. And she'll hop out and she'll walk around to the back of the carriage um, out of view of Jensen, tailing the guard behind her. And she'll flip out the little silver coin and she'll say, official business, darling. His eyes sort of glaze over for a minute, um, oh, just for like a moment. And then he goes back to the cart um, and he holds up the tube to his eye mm. uh, and he looks at each of you for a moment. Holds up to you, Karen, looks at you and he says, mm, everything seems to be in order here. Have a good time out of the city, stay safe. Thank you. And she'll hop back in and uh, pocket the coin again. Uh, he pats the side of the carriage and signals to uh, the guards operating the gates that you are to be let through. Oh, Flynn like wiping off his sweat. <laughs> okay. So just to confirm, that was the Imperial Seal. That was the Imperial yeah, Seal. Yeah, sweet. 
And um, Karen's going to n try not to let Janderson see. Yeah. She's just going to try and signal to everybody else that the seal is what she used. Like it's in her pocket, and she's just going to like take it out and like look at look at everybody and just like wiggle it. Flynn, I just just thought you just bribed her. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the same thing, but in front of Janice. <laughs> so one thing that you noticed, Karen, when you were out, is that there were people searching the large wooden ornament on the roof. Mm. It took you a moment, but you realised that there's actually a coffin yeah. on the roof of the oh. carriage um, that is just hanging out above you guys yeah. on the roof. Just chilling in the sun. You exit the west gate and you go south uh, around the city wall uh, before meeting the main south road. Um, you can follow the journey on the map that I've given you if you like. Oh um, yes, so we're going kind of the same way that we went the first time, right? We're going... uh, you're not going into the forest or Keystone, you're just going right to the Great South Road and you're going to start travelling south. Um, the first part of the trip to Bullswill is expected to last most of the day. Um, it would be around 10 hours to walk but you're in a carriage um, so you should be there, sort of, you know, by the by late afternoon. Fantastic. So give me a perception roll, everybody. Ooh. Uh, Karen got a 19 for this perception. Ido has a uh, 21. Flynn's got an 18. Frank got a 17. For all of you, uh, the view past the Keystone Forest is rolling green hills, grazing livestock, people tending to their crops and land. The air is fresh and warm. And the southern ranges uh, in the distance sparkle in the summer light. Frankie has prepared some flashcards with common gnomish words and phrases because he knows how to speak gnomish because he's a nerd. So he gets hands to pass out some to each of you. Oh! Janison's quite impressed by this. He actually didn't know that you could speak Gnomish, and so you guys have a little conversation uh, in Gnomish uh, about how you first learned to speak Gnomish. Did you learn it at school? No, you read it in comic books. Oh, of course. Yep. So his accent is like bad. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> so then you spend some time uh, bonding about Gnomish comics. Yeah. Um, about, you know, Super Gnome Man and yeah. uh, Bat Gnome and, you know, all the good ones. Bat Gnome! I imagine it's like when someone learns to speak Japanese from watching anime. That's exactly what it is. Baka! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think Karen, who is very demurely sitting there, she's packed a, a bag that's all full of all black clothing. She's only going to be wearing black this entire oh, time. <laughs> she's in mourning. But like fashion, like like mourning but fashion. Vogue. The black slip dress with the We didn't know that Bob killed him. <laughs> yeah, and she feel good about it. That's why she's wearing all this. <laughs> and, and stilettos. Stil yeah, she's got the stilettos on, she's got like a strap. It's it's Ridiculous, um, but she is uh, taking the opportunity to learn a little bit more about the sales side of JBPC from Flynnvar. Oh. So she's sitting there with him, and um, he's probably going through all of the contracts, and she's being very annoying, asking <laughs> what everything is. Oh, he would love to explain it. <laughs> he's showing up. Oh, fantastic! Well, then she's not being annoying; she's just being very thorough. These are well-patrolled roads, by the way. All of the roads that are marked on the map are Empire-patrolled, so you're not very likely to bump into any trouble um, just going between the main towns. It's when you get off the main roads or into like the forests and stuff um, that you might run into trouble. And Poppy, how does Ido spend his uh, his traveling time? Um, a lot of twiddling his thumbs and looking outside and just like, because of course cellular phones don't exist, so he can't just be playing like Snake on his phone or something. 
Is he just <laughs> like doing that, doing that thing where he like imagines there's a person walking on the horizon and like jumping over the mountains and like... Or that thing, you know, like when it's raining the car and you're in there like, oh, I'm in a music video. Yeah. I'm the main character. He's just getting in his feelings. Yeah, or the, that's or the it. the wavy hand out the window, you know how you're like... Shush, shush. He's just going like, not that, really that fast, it's just like, ah, it doesn't have the same... Think you just, you know, occasionally eyes are fido, you know, make sure he's okay. You know, just sees it a little bit of a different light. Uh, you know, that means it's blind. Your eyes are, your eyes are magical. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh, thanks, magical eyes. Luminous. Karen hasn't noticed that Idafa's being uncharacteristically quiet yet, but when she does, she'll probably make sure he's okay. But right now, she's very interested in the sales aspect. Yeah. Um, after Flynn's finished talking with Karen, um, he's going to turn to Jonathan and ask about the itinerary, like to make sure he gets checked on, like what's happening and what our responsibilities actually are, because he really doesn't want to be like a pallbearer, because, like, he's really worried about the height differences in, in Paul. Can you imagine you have like Karen and Flynn at the front and the coffin's just like <laughs> <Yeah>. a ramp? <laughs> Jesus. So he is staring at the ceiling. Oh. He has been for some time, <laughs> and. He, like, you get the feeling that he doesn't really pick up on your questions. That he kind of looks over at you and he says, My dad used to be so different. Oh. When we left for the city, he wasn't like that. I, I never would have guessed things would turn out this way when I was a boy. Well, uh, I suppose we rarely do. Oh, I'm so sorry, Janderson. And Karen kind of reaches over and holds his hand. None of us wanted it to turn out this way. Jennison built the company up, right, from nothing. Jennison Senior, Jenison, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, he he travels to Ymir City and he created the Jennison Reference Partner Company um, some time ago. Uh, gnomes are one of the races that live longer. Dwarves and gnomes tend to be the ones that live for closer to 200 years. Uh, so he's he had more time mm. to really, you know, sink into it and put his company together. How old was he? Are you asking me this, or are you asking? Oh, Janice? sorry, yeah, this is out of roleplay. I just oh, did we learn that already, or no? No, you wouldn't know this. You oh, okay. And no, I'm not. I'm. Ida's not really in talkative mode, but someone else can ask. <laughs> as as he got more successful, he he kept talking about how he was special and how he was always meant for great things. And for so long, I just believed it. Flinda kind of just looks really reflective, and he's like. It's really interesting how, how, how power can define us if we let it. Yes, I mean, we're all ordinary until we're not, right? Yeah. Well, and even then, we're still ordinary. Mm. Karen kind of pats her, his hand. She's feeling very out of her depth. <laughs> well, um, why don't, why don't we... Uh, and she looks around wildly at everybody else because Jennison is in a bad, bad, sad mood and she is wanting to not have to deal with that. So why don't we play, play a game? Yes, favourite travel suit, go. Favourite travel what? Suit, you know, travel suit. We all have favourite travel suits, right? Frankie's wearing oh. the same clothes that he just... Always has, he only has like two outfits. <laughs> and she, and um, Karen looks very confused and she goes, well, I just, I, I kind of wear what is necessary for that. No, I was talking like cards. Doesn't anybody have a pack of cards? What was your father like, Karen? <laughs> oh, well, I left home when I was very young, so I haven't seen him in many years. I don't really talk to him. He was distant. Oh. 
you, well, you, you know. Yeah. Typical, you know, you know. I have created a wonderful life for myself with my fantastic husband, and I don't feel like I have had a life that has been less full for not having my parents in it. And Idafar, I, I know your father. Well, I, <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. Is he a good father to you? Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a great dad. Her man, Mama. He's awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. What about you, Francis? What's, what's your father like? Uh, hey, you want to see a cool magic trick? And he does that cool thing with the thumb. I can't do it myself, but like... The thing where they we, pretend you... Like the yeah, yeah. Where you pretend your thumb is, is coming up. Apart. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he does to change the subject. Good so God. he doesn't talk about his... Like, magic. <laughs> so the day, the day passes by. <laughs> Um, you pass regular guard patrols, <laughs> you see people travelling on the road, you know, heading towards the city with their wares, you, you know, see farmers tending to their crops. Uh, roll me a history check, everybody. <laughs> 21. 17 for Ida. I got a 24. 18. You guys are rolling very well You're rolling really well. Just wait till we get to a fire thinking, <laughs> thinking about stuff. Good success on a history 12 check. Mm. Bullswill, a human in Dwarvish Town, um, that is placed amongst the southernmost Umeasan plains. It serves as a hub for beef and mutton farms, uh, and it's also a major supplier of food and necessities to the hives, being one of the closest towns to the southern ranges. After a long trip, um, with a really kind of like, sad and awkward Janderson, like, you know, like the sad where he like wants to talk about his feelings? Yeah. You finally arrive in Bullswool. As you head through the town, it's fairly like brick and mortar. Uh, so it's a lot of like, you know, red brick houses, wooden thatched roofs. It, it's a well cobbled road. You move from like the dirt road of the main, you know, the main road between towns onto, onto nice cobbles. Uh, it's a fairly like well built uh, stone town. Being a human dwarvish town, it's really like built one brick at a time. Uh, that's the kind of town that it is. Uh, and you, you, you pull into the town square. Janison is fast asleep, and he has been for about 40 minutes or so. He fell asleep in a sunbeam, and you all didn't want to disturb him. Aww. As you head into the town centre, um, you find a large crowd engaged in a celebration. Oh. In the town's centre square, people are cheering and whooping at an absolutely gorgeous man dressed in fanciful, heroic attire. Roll me a perception check, everybody. Mm. Oh, that's a travel suit. Karen uh, got an 18. Ido got a 13. Flynn got an 11. Frankie got a 9. Oh no, here it is. <laughs> Starting. So Karen, you gather from the general chatter uh, that this person uh, has cleared a coven of vampires um, out of a nearby abandoned temple um, who had been up until now terrorizing the town for some time. This is just kind of what you pick up from like general chatter in the audience. Uh, and then from near the front, um, somebody shouts out above the crowd, One more time! Three cheers for Master Speck! Oh, no. Kia ora, Penny here. It's new arc time. We've made it to our fifth arc, the question box, and we're really excited to get out of the city and explore the wider world a little. Who knows what lies ahead in Ixingnir. We hit 1,000 downloads. 
that's a huge milestone for our little show. So as a celebration, we released a little animation loop by Liv Artisan featuring our PCs working late on your average Tuesday evening with a really catchy lo-fi remix of our show's theme song. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. I've been listening to it while I do all of my side projects. You can find it posted on our Facebook and our Twitter. Music credits. Thanks to DJ Williams for A Kiss for Amanda, Corbin Kites for Staycation, Ease Jammy Jams for Three Wise People, Track Tribe for I Have a Reservation, Joey Picararo for Jazz Apricot, Jesse Gallagher for Crystal Towers of the Moon, Steve Adams for Slingshot and Duchena, Patrick Petruchios for New Day, Esther Abrami for Number Two, Remembering Her, Self Troll for Circle Dance, God Mode for Something Is Going On, and as always, thank you to Regan McKinnon for the show's theme song and the remix version. You can interact with us at facebook.com slash Podcast, and we also have a Twitter at jbpcpodcast where we post show updates and other cool stuff we get up to. We also spend a lot of time supporting other New Zealand TTRPG podcasts, so if you like what we do, check out our Twitter and you can find some similar stuff. You can listen to the show at janisonbreffords.podbean.com, as well as on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 18, The Question Box Part 2, should release on Sunday, March 28th. Keep your ears out, we're really going to dive into some secrets in this one. Right, you're all updated, let's get on with the show. And the crowd goes absolutely wild in adoration this is clearly a very big deal mm. you have some privacy janice and Briffords is asleep what are you going to do do you think we should just keep going instead of stopping off here is there any way we can be inconspicuous you are staying in the town for the evening <laughs> like it's not really advised to travel uh the roads at night um, Janison, on the itinerary, it says that you are staying uh, in a uh, in a small inn uh, mm. in Billswell for the night. Mm. Well, I suppose we'd better continue on to the inn. I don't really want to bother this Mr. Speck. I do. Well, well, you can do it later. You know what? How about I take the cart and our lovely boss, and uh, I'll meet you at the inn later. I'll go to the inn. The roads are currently jammed by the crowd, so oh. the, cart is, the cart is stopped. Can I just, just before uh, Snooze McSnooze wakes up, I got a weird letter. Did you all get some fan mail? Oh, God, I'm so glad you said something. Yes, uh, it said, what did it say? Your first task is to collect this item. Some mine said. Fantastic, and ret- uh, from Ixing, no, and return it from the castle. Have fun in Ixingnir. Or something, something, and then it was like a like a picture of a bot. And a, and a hand. And a hand, and there were some sparkly bits. And so is this, do you think this is from the government? Did you guys get weird fan mail too? Yes. So we've got to do this, right? I, I mean, I suppose so. I, we agreed to. I, yes, I mean, I guess otherwise <laughs> something bad might happen. Dead family. No, I'm very glad you said something. It's, does anybody have any idea what on earth this thing is? Frankie, you know weird things. What's, what, what is this? And she holds up the picture of the, the box. And he looks up like from a book that's like 1001 diseases you get from various metals or, or something like that. It's like, what weird things? 
you know about lots of things that are possibly not what the average person would consider useful, but now it probably will be useful for for <laughs> for you to know all of this this the stuff. What is this box? Do you can Frankie make a roll for that? He's like, oh, maybe. Yeah, sure. Make me a, either an icona or a history check. Uh, Seventeen. I mean, from context, it definitely feels like it's probably a magic item of some sort, um, mm. and because somebody who works directly for the emperor seems to want it, it's probably quite powerful. You haven't ever seen a sketch of this specific item before. I've seen a lot of sketches of cubes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, they are. They are a basic part of math. <laughs> they are. Yeah, yeah. We have all seen yeah, lots of pictures I mean, of cubes. You know. It's obviously some sort of magical item of some sort, and if the you know empire knows of it, wants it, it must be pretty powerful. Do you think it might be dangerous? Most likely, yeah. Otherwise, you know, why would they be trying to get it? So before we have to get back with Janison, what? How we? When we get to the town, how are we going to look for this with him and his funeral going on? Like, how do how do we? We should come up with a plan. Yes, you're right. And um, Karen's going to take out the itinerary and like pour over it to see if there's any kind of um, breaks or or. I'm sure if we give him a cup of like warm milk, it'll put him right to sleep for probably most of the night. According to the itinerary, you're expected to arrive in Ixing near uh, mid morning mm -hmm. tomorrow, uh, and the funeral is scheduled like a day and a half after that. Okay. So oh, like, cool. oh, so it's yeah. free time. Between. Yeah, there, there's going to be some time. Uh, Good. He hasn't micromanaged our hours. That is fantastic. So I'm just drugging him to sleep the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I want to go listen to the like mingle around the in the crowd and, and hear what they're saying because I want to know like okay like a thing of vampires. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's us crazy. So I'm like. What is he gonna do? How can he You're help us? Out. Okay. Uh. Cool. If that's what you'd like to do, uh, roll me uh, a perception check. An unnatural twenty. You know, you make your way through the crowd, listening. You know, there's quite a lot of people. Like, there's there's like a large, rotund dwarf near the front who is like, you know, shouting out thanks and like telling the city that this, you know, this person is a hero. And you you basically pick up that like the vampires have been preying on the town for a pretty long time and uh, people uh, making you know making notice that the guards didn't do anything and like the emperor never sent anyone to help and this was something that had become a problem for a super long time and you do hear some people talking and one of them's like oh yes it's a good thing they got rid of those vampires and sorry vladimir <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's the only person whose who's accent sounds like that uh, but <laughs> it seems from context that this dude has shown up mm -hmm. like done some heroics and killed some monsters that were harassing this town what races must speak i roll me a perception check or at least what racing looked like 18. as your cart makes its way through the crowd you can see that he is absolutely gorgeous. He is like, <laughs> like beautiful, uh, <laughs> feminine features, uh, long blonde hair, pointed ears like you've seen on half elves. Mm. And he's wearing uh, quite like fabulous long robes. And you do also realize that like as you're getting closer, you thought he was standing on some kind of like stage or elevated surface, but he's actually hovering a few feet in the air and his feet are just dangling uh, delicately underneath of him. And he's holding, uh, he's holding up like a dripping bag. 
Oh. That the mayor is saying that like is the hearts that he has extracted uh, from the vampire coven. So he's using magic. Or like that's unnatural. Oh, I shrugged. Sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't shrug to answer a question <laughs> when this is an audio medium. He could have just had amazing swordplay. He's he is hovering though. Yeah, that's what I'm. Oh, like, he's hovering. People <laughs> must have questioned that. With that uh, you can roll me an insight check if you would like. Yeah. He got lost in the description of how handsome he was. Meanwhile, um, Karen has kind of climbed out and she's sitting next to the driver of the horses and she's yelling at people in the crowd to get out of the way. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. Uh, that was a 20 fit inside, by the way. Oh, nice. God, you guys are rolling so well. So, yes, yes, he's clearly like hovering uh, some way. There are guards hanging around, um, but some of them are participating in the cheering of the crowd and. Did you roll a natural one? No, I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> you can't be using them all up now. <laughs> I'm using a natural 20 to tell people to get out of the way. Oh my God. Uh, so that's all right, we'll come back to that. Uh, there are people who can see him doing this, but he is, seems to be hailed as like quite a bit of a hero. Almost godlike. He has these like uh, two like black robed uh, like figures kind of behind him. Yeah, he's definitely hovering. He does appear to be using magic, uh, but from the the like celebration of the fact that he's helped these people, they don't seem to care. Hmm. Frankie would just like to start, for some reason, making his way towards him. Like, excuse me, through the crowd again. Just go okay. see the beautiful man closer. <laughs> for your natural twenty, Karen, um, you managed to clear a really, really good path. Um, straight through people are saying to notice that there is a cart trying to get through um, and people do clear away uh, Actually causing the dwarf who's speaking on behalf of master spec uh, and master spec himself to look over and and see you and kind of like Notice you and Karen is standing on um, on the seat Saying all right. All right now. I know it's very exciting, but I we're, we're on schedule and I need you to move out of the way get out of the way and it's just it's a lot she's standing <laughs> up she's yelling um, she's been polite there's a bullshit. dead man on the roof she is not being polite there is a dead man on the roof and she is dressed in full funeral attire so That's it's sexy it is a <laughs> yeah it's a it's a whole spectacle frankie what are you trying to do are you sneaking or no, are you just like just trying to like, get through you know and like you're like ah and your eyes are like Sparkle and it's like, oh, like moth to the flame okay. of oh, hotness. Okay. He's just elbowing through. Uh, yeah. Master Speck is obviously drawn to whatever Karen's doing. Um, he is, right? But he is looking over, yes, because you guys are making a way through the crowd. There's no other carts around, and you guys have just decided to just like, there's people here, but we're gonna drive on through anyway. <laughs> just out of interest, are you like looking at Speck? Are you like, are you in the cart where he can see you? Are you outside of the cart? What are you doing? I, my goal here is to get the coin of tracking into his possession because I want to see where this fella goes. Especially if he just comes into a town randomly and kills vampires. So my idea, like Frankie obviously is going through the crowd to him. And I'm following behind Frankie, so I, I'm assuming it's You're with Frankie? Um, behind, yeah. Karen has not noticed that, any, that everybody else has gotten out of the car. <laughs> so once we get to the inn, she's gonna get everybody out and 
Well, you guys, you guys know where the inn is. Uh, yeah, so you guys make your way through the crowd. Uh, Flynn, are you staying with the car or are you going with the- No, I'm, uh, I was still angling towards the um, crowd. I, I'm just wanna hear what everyone's saying and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? Oh, that's How right, you're that? in the crowd, yes. So I guess our Chaos Twins, we have Chaos Twins in our other game as well. Ah, uh, yes. Of which Steph is also a member of. <laughs> the Chaos Catalyst. Frankie and Ido, you, you know, elbow your way through the crowd. Um, people are really excited. It's a combination of dwarves and humans, and you're both tall. So, like, the dwarves, you can just step over. The humans, you can kind of, like, you know, undo. You're doing, like, a very over-under uh, type of um, passageway through the crowd. What do you do when you reach the front? As we're snaking towards them, I was kind of hoping that I could... I'm not sure what I'd roll. Um, but steal, like... Like stealth, but... Yeah, stealth. Basically, I want to kind of disguise myself and I'll go up to him and be like, oh, please take my money for... Uh, I will remind you that you have an ability that lets you, like, put things in people's pockets through your, like, mage, mage hand, hand legend But a mage, like, a mage hand is visible, isn't it? No, yours is invisible. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Layla's is not invisible. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, you you do specifically have uh, like an invisible mage hand that you could use to like drop it into his pocket if you wanted to do that. You can also do your thing too. I just I want like to make sure. I like the theatrics of me doing my thing. Okay, like, cool. <laughs> also, he is, he is currently being distracted because Karen is screaming a couple of hundred meters away. And everyone's like fanboiling. Okay, yeah, so, so all right. So you, uh, you go up to the front of the crowd. Um, you have a handful of coins in your pocket. And I imagine amongst those coins is the coin of tracking. tracking yep. You make it to the front of the crowd. Master Speck looks at you. It kind of smirks a little bit. <laughs> and he says, oh. oh, what is it that I can do for you? He, can see, he notices my eyes, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you so much for saving our town. Please take these coins as a form of my gratitude. He says exactly like that. <laughs> for my gratitude. He smiles and he says, I haven't seen a lot of tieflings around here. And then a nearby dwarf uh, it's like, you don't live here. Doesn't it go here? Oh no. Well, it looks like you've done a lot for this town. And I just thought, you know, since I had a couple of coins on me, I could chuck them your way. And in the background, you can hear, we are in mourning. <laughs> he smiles and he says, well, the temple rebuilding fund is going to require a lot of extra coins, so if you're in the mood to donate, why don't you give them to my good friend, the mayor here? And the uh, rotund dwarf, uh, like, adjusts his spectacles, and he's like, oh yes, what a what a very good idea, thank you, Master Speck, and like, holds out a bag uh, for <laughs> you to put your coins into. I see that I've been caught out, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I do that thing where like you do one at a time, so I don't accidentally <laughs> do the corner of tracking. One of the black robe figures walks up behind Master Speck mm. and sort of lightly touches him, just like lays a hand. It's kind of because he's hovering, it's kind of hard. Yeah. It's like on the on small his of his back. Yeah, it's right on his ass. <laughs> it's not on his ass. Uh, and Master Speck looks in the mirror and says, uh, you know what, I'll uh, I'll take this one if that's okay with you. And he plucks the point oh. of tracking from you. Oh. He smiles at you. Uh, and he gives it to his, uh, he gives it to his black-robed uh, companion, uh, and then says, "Please continue donating." And never has Arifa been more bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> 
Frankie, you are also here. What yeah. are, are you just like staring at him? He was going to speak, but he's so like gobsmacked at the beauty that like his eyes are kind of glazed and he's got a little just like <laughs> a little bit of drool. <laughs> and like every time he goes to talk, he's just like, uh. Got that nosebleed going on. <laughs> okay, if you're not gonna do anything, um, roll me a perception check. That is a 18. Wow. You're staring at Master Speck. So you notice that he uh, takes the dripping bag um, and he gives it to one of his black-robed figures, uh, who then uh, puts the bag like underneath of this of the cloak. The robes are like so quite large and heavy that you can't make out the uh, features of either of the two people who are covered by robes. Mm. And the other thing is that you kind of feel like you're being watched, like. You're in the middle of a crowd, but you kind of have that like tingle on the back of your neck, like you are specifically being looked at right now. Maybe it's just the dispersing crowd, but maybe not. But Mr. Mr. Speck, how 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 are you so beautiful? I mean, how did you do this? What? How, I, you're just so powerful to kill the whole coven of vampires, and also so beautiful. When you know what you're doing, creatures such as Vampires pose no challenge to one such as myself. I am somewhat gifted in the ways of destiny. Okay. And hands peeps up. Heart rate elevated. <laughs> Flynn, uh, you recognize one of the guards. Um, it is a Earth Genasi um, and a friend of yours from your army days. Um, a guy named oh Ston. <laughs> Ston! Aw, it's your buddy. And in the background you can hear... Can't you see I'm wearing all black? We're <laughs> yeah, going to a funeral! Karen, with your natural 20 by this point, uh, with the one, the crowd is dispersing. Uh, and two, you, you really good at moving people. Um, you have now managed to uh, leave the crowd behind and are heading on through. Uh, actually, it's quite funny. You're like, oh, finally, the crowd is dispersed. I can finally move. And then the horse takes like five more steps forwards and then stops because your inn is like right there. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's watching you like dismount the car. Oh my god. Just, like, she, gets, she gets off and she uh, <clears throat> clears her throat and uh, goes to wake up Jansen. Back to Ston. Who was he? Was he one of the black red ones or just one of the guards? No, he's one of the town guards. Oh, cool. Okay, sweet. Um, he's wearing uh, the Emperor's colours, blue and purple, and he also has like an officer's uh, mark on his chest, mm. um, saying he's probably not just like a, a guard grunt, but you know, he, he seems to have a rank. Um, so I'm like, Stun! Oh my gosh! Little Flynn, it's good to see you, my dude. How are you doing? What are you doing here in Bullswell? I'm about to buy you a drink tonight, if you're free. That sounds excellent, my friend. <laughs> we have had a bit of a fun little shindig today, what with the vampires being <laughs> taken care of once and for all. Thank, thank Master Speck for that. Oh my gosh, I was going to say thank God, but you know. <laughs> None of those. <laughs> How lovely. Well, well, tell you what, I'll be, uh, my shift finishes in about an hour. Mm. Uh, I'll be over at the Flowing Flagon about, about after my shift. So why don't you come and see me uh, and you can buy me that drink. I think you might even owe me a couple from training days as well. Oh, Maybe I bet you can buy me a few. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds grand. You've probably got some uh, stories from this little town that's... Uh... Way more interesting than what I've got to share, but we'll give it a go. So what now? Uh, Master Speck has, uh, as the crowd has dispersed, he's like floated away to his two uh, people. Mm -hmm. What did you roll for your perception check? 
18. I know you're also there. Roll me a perception check. Oh, I got natural 20. Got <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Master Spec uh, turns back and starts talking to his two uh, dark rubbed companions. Uh, and even with your dark vision, you can't make out any, oh. you can't make out any details of them. Uh, but then you see uh, the two, like, as though he said something about you, they both like, like lean look, around yeah. him and like look at you. He's like, no, um, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> um, and then you see him sort of turn, uh, look up at the sky and mutter something underneath his breath. The gods. Ooh. <laughs> All right. He turns back to you and Frankie. He smiles at you politely. Uh, and then he floats off uh, in the direction of like, you know, large mayor's mansion type thing with his two uh, dark robed people behind him. And uh, as he goes, you kind of like have this little thing in your head that's like, he's 10 steps away, he's 11 steps away, he's 12 uh-huh. steps away, uh, as your coin of tracking uh, is is keeping an eye on where he is. Oh, that's good, because I was worried that maybe he gave it to one of his hooded figures to dispose of, because um, <laughs> he knew what it was. All right, I think he probably does know what it was, but he's like, mm, I'm gonna let this little tiefling boy follow me. <laughs> well, <laughs> can Flindler yell out friskin' is cool? Don't you dare. <laughs> you can do whatever you like. Just know that there will be consequences. There always is. In game and out of game. And this is me cracking my knuckles, but I already cracked them today, <laughs> so I can't do it. So does anybody else have anything that they would like to do in this town square area? No. Just pick up my jaw, I guess. <laughs> so Jamison, uh, like, you know, kind of sneezes himself awake. You go into the inn that he booked. His room is really nice and yours to either side is okay. Hmm. The windows overlook a duck pond uh, and there are several ducks, swans and geese. They've all got PTSD. Karen eyes the geese suspiciously. Mm. Janison is having a special dinner brought to his room um, and gives each of you 10 gold as an allowance um, to go have dinner and sort of enjoy. But like, it's, yeah, like... 10 gold. Very, very much like like, um, Arrested arrested Development... um, how much could a banana cost? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, it is one day's kind of like, because you used to make 75 gold. Mm. So it's like, you know, like a day's budget for, yeah. you know, for what you would make out of money. Um, so you can all add 10 gold to your inventories. So Lovely. What are you guys going to do? You want to go get into a bar fight? You want to go dancing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to go shopping? You want to go check out the, the abandoned temple? Maybe go track down spec, something else, split up, go together. What would you guys like to do? I'd like to buy a couple of skewers from a couple of, a couple of skewers from the uh, bar, and then I want to go check out the town because I'm nosy. Why all the bars always got skewers? Because <laughs> it's cheap, fair. It's yeah, you it's know, meat on a stick. Meat, meat, on, a meat stick. on a stick. You're going alone to just wander around the town. Oh, I might tell these guys what I want to do first. So well, just... Karen, Karen will come with. Karen says, "Oh well, I, I, it's been." Uh, it's been many years since I've been to Bullswell, but I'm sure I can still find my way around. Would you, would you like a walking companion? I would like that. And also, if anyone else wants to join me when I go talk to Ston. Who is Ston? Oh, good friend, good friend. Very loose talker after a couple of... A loose talker. Yeah, loose Does that talk- mean he, get, he becomes bigoted? No, he becomes, <laughs> he becomes flirty and uh, freely gives it means, information. It means chatty. Yeah. yeah. I defer. I don't hang out with bigots. I fight. <laughs> um, so just quickly, an Earth Genasi, are they rock? Because no. I don't know much about Genasi. Okay, so Genasi are the descendants of Jin, and Jin are the native creatures of the elemental planes. So for example... 
Murphy is a fire Janasi. He's basically just a humanoid person uh, with red skin and kind of like fiery eyebrows. Um, he looks more or less like a human, but he has a lot of like fire elemental blood in him. Gotcha. And with that comes innate magical powers. And they're kind of seen as being like noble, noble blooded. Uh, also out of interest, uh, Vito, Don Vito uh, was a water Janasi. Mm. And so like within the Ymirson kingdom, they're kind of... Uh, seen as being sort of like more upper class, they're kind of well, uh, well in demand yeah. as you know, as guards, as ship captains, as um, you know, depending on the elements that they're born as, they are kind of seen as being oddly enough. Even though tieflings also have innate magic, for some reason the Janasi are more trusted. <laughs> yeah, it's because of the horns. So, like, an Earth Janasi would be what, like, dark skinned or green skinned or something like that. He's got like rock, rock dirt, oh, brown. Oh. He got kind of like his his uh, beard looks a bit like it's made of gravel. That's cool. You know, stuff like that. Oh, okay, I would, nice. I, I'm I'm imagining whenever he um, kind of moves, you can kind of see little cracks in his joints. Yeah, Aww, stuff like that. That's cute. Frankie, are you going to go with the group? What would you like to do with your evening? Frankie will just go with I guess whoever he's just got to come out of this daze <laughs> that he's in. I don't know. His hands just come and slaps. Oh my god. <laughs> Frankie, are you feeling quite all right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just came over me. Frankie what? has a case of the loves Master Speck. Oh, you didn't go over and talk to him, did you? No. no. <laughs> you remember that he probably knows who we are. Right. Yeah, he definitely knows who we are. You, th um, you think he knows my name? Frankie, I'm pretty sure he knows everything about you. He probably knows oh. a lot more than you would be comfortable anybody knowing about you. Frankie blushes. You, just, you know, you <laughs> He's know like, oh, Friskin right. works for him. Yeah, Friskin was a good boy. I mean, a good person, good... Uh, tabaxi. Tabaxi. Tabaxi, yes. <laughs> good kitty. So what did you, what did you do? Did oh, you just talk to him? We just donated money to the rebuild. Yeah, I, I just gave fun. some money to them because they have to rebuild a temple or something. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming from the vampires. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, of course, the temple that the vampires had overtaken. Mm -hmm. Should we mm -hmm. have a look at that? I like broken temples. Tonight oh, no, is not the night. Oh come on! I thought Why we were gonna get not? drunk with Storm. In like an hour, he's still working. It's about thirty minutes from now. Now you can head there if you want. I'm dressed. I'm dressed all in black. And I feel like that's a very good way to visit an abandoned temple. Just very fashionable, uh, very respectful. And maybe we could do it after a few drinks. Oh my god. Karen, you're naughty. Don't you think that would be fun? Away Karen's fun. We all deserve to have a little bit of fun. We didn't have any fun last time. Does week. Barry know you're doing this? Karen, are you okay? <laughs> I think you're a bit a bit risky. <laughs> Are you Karen? I freak out a bit because I'm like, oh my god, has it happened again? Oh, no, darling, of course. No, 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 I am Karen. I just... Look, the office party on Friday, it was such a... I just thought we could all use a little bit of fantasy. I, I apologise. No, oh, that's fine, that's fine. Let's go see Ston and have a good drink and then we can go to the temple together. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm ready for a snack. I will only have one drink, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I got like six of them, I'm hungry. It's a long drive. So you, you guys head to the Flowing Flagon. You go in and it's like a cop bar. Like this, this is where oh all God, the guards go to drink. Stone's not here yet, oh. um, but you sit and you give, just roll me a perception check, everybody. I love it. You just see this broad I brought in the other day. <laughs> oh, 
I'm, I'm just rolling so good. I love these dice. 22. 16. I got 12. You should have complimented my dice. Frankie and Karen, mm. uh, you guys do overhear a few of the guards kind of like talking about how there was someone magic like right in front of them and they didn't do anything. Um, mm. But also you do hear like the, the argument against this is like those vampires have been terrorizing us for a long time. Why should we arrest someone that helped us mm. on behalf of the emperor who didn't send anyone? Oh. Um, you know, like a few of them, there's a few pictures up on the walls of um, of a few guards who aren't present. Um, and oh. Uh, oh. you get the feeling that this was a, an ongoing situation and the guards are more than willing to like overlook it mm. because of the fact that he has apparently used his magic to, to deal with this. But, the, you know, the, the, from the general attitude, you get the idea that they're not just going to overlook any magic, yeah. but just particularly... They know it's not good. Yeah, this, I, I don't want you to start casting spells because you think it's... <laughs> look at this, guys! <laughs> Karen will say, well, it seems like uh, Mrs. Speck is trying to... might be trying to change perceptions around magic and that it can be useful still because these, these guards, they seem fine that he's... I'm just glad that he didn't have the whole crowd under a spell. Well, I guess admittedly he could have, but this makes it seem like maybe. He I mean, didn't. he probably had Frankie under a spell, but maybe his self hair was that's so hormones. Maybe a self-inflicted one, yes. Mm. Now, drink drinks for the table. What are we all getting? I'll have a flagon of mead. Fantastic. I'll have a vodka and cranberry. Hold the vodka. Okay. Come a long way from milk. <laughs> that's true. It's a night out. Uh, just water for me. Water oh. with a lemon. Fantastic. Water with lemon. Water with some lemon. So you guys have your drinks. Ston comes in after a while. Mm. And uh, what do you talk to him about? Do you ask him any specific questions? Do you just have a general catch up? Cool. So I spend like a little bit like buttering him up, asking about like his life and, and you know what he's been up to and congratulating him on the officer, you know, doing well in life. He, uh, he kind of teases you a bit for dropping out of yeah. the army because you guys used to be really competitive with each other. Um, yeah. Even though uh, you are uh, smaller and less physically capable, you guys used to, you know, run races in the obstacle course. And it was it was very much like a, a coming of age time for you where you made friends with him and you kind of drifted after, you know, he got he got stationed out in the countryside and you moved on to Janice and Breffitt's. <laughs> hey, in this arc, Ston falls in love with Flynn. <laughs> 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 you're just leaving. You're just leaving broken guard hearts all yes. over, all over you, sir. <laughs> I need to, in case we get arrested. <laughs> so you can ask him a couple of questions. Like he's he's pretty friendly with you. Like you yeah. already have a relationship with him. I'm not even going to make you roll persuasion. You can just ask him what you ask him. But keep in mind that you're not a guard. So if you ask him stuff that might be confidential, he might not be cool yeah. telling you. So it's amazing that this got cleared up. I'm like I can appreciate that. It's a really tough time that you've been dealing with with these creepy vampire things. Um, how long ago did the really handsome guy like turn up to town? To... He tells you that the, the the vampires started being a problem about six months ago. They kind of like a few. They abducted a few members of the town, and any attempts to deal with them, including from the guards, were ineffective. Mm. Uh, they had written several times to uh, to the emperor to send reinforcements, but none came. Mm. And so essentially, like the temple is a little like just you know on the outskirts of town. Mm. So essentially what they tried to do was just use wards rather than go in. Um, mm. And then literally yesterday, Master uh. Speck drifted into town and found out what the problem was. Uh, like immediately took his his two followers up to the temple and screaming and 
magic noises, uh, small explosions came from inside the temple, uh, and then Master Speck uh, came out with vampire hearts in a bag. Mm. And from a, a quick inspection of the inside of the temple, they found vampire corpses um, with big holes in their chests. Uh, Comically like. <laughs> Master Speck asked if he could keep the hearts and they were like more than fine oh. with letting him do that. And then, so today they organized a big parade. Mm. Uh, right around the time that you guys arrived, the parade <laughs> was just finishing up um, and everyone in town's like real, real pro on Master Speck right now. Now, um. Uh, Karen grew up kind of near Baldwell. Um, does she know about any uh, vampires in the area ever before? Does she, is there any kind of predecessor for this event? Uh, roll me um, history or arcana or nature. Oh, my first bad roll of the night. That's a nine. <laughs> like vampires are known. Mm. They are um, creatures that are like basically transformed mortals. Mm. The lore of them is fairly similar to the lore of our world, um, except they actually are real. Um, you've never really like seen evidence of a vampire infestation before this, but you like you know just the like general stuff that people know about vampires. Mm. They drink blood. They have mind powers. Um, and they tend to prey on the living. Right. Mm. And they can they can uh, turn mortals into vampires by sharing blood with them. Karen says, how scary. They tend to be inherently magical. Right. Uh, magical beings. So a magical a magical man to take care of a magical being. Well, maybe that's what was required. He like like finishes his big uh, flagon, and he's like, "Yeah, we probably could have put that together a little sooner." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they all took double shifts at night. Um, they did a lot of street patrolling um, and basically like used a lot of like fire torches and stuff. Um, mm. They did ch manage to chase vampires away from the town a couple of times, but they didn't really do anything other than just like you know, Keep use fire on them and then they retreated back to the temple. So, uh, basically just holy stuff, like light would affect vampires, would it? Are you saying holy light or just general light? They, they, they don't survive very well in the daytime. Yeah. Because like, sunlight and fire. There's no gods, but there would still be clerics in this. The, really? There are priests. Um, there are still people who hold on to the old ways, but in terms of like the the D and D cleric style, no, there are no oh, okay. people who like follow. So there wouldn't be like the whole like being able to use a holy light to kill vampires. Okay, sweet. You guys are magicians for the most part, except for Karen. Um, <laughs> you probably you probably still could create like. Mm like a fire that has that like quality of like hurting vampires specifically even though they're kind of like already weak to, to fire but like no there are no like people walking around praising gods and like using their power holy There's water no and shit. Yeah. yeah okay um so it's a little more difficult to to treat vampirism mm. that's mm. kind that's kind of more of what uh you know my grandparents would have done <laughs> it's certainly not in the modern world flynn kind of asks stoney he's like I mean, it's amazing that Master Spex was around. Do you think he'll stay in the area? Like, do you know how long he's staying here? Or what happens if someone like Vampire comes back? Where does he stay? Ask him more personal questions. <laughs> uh, answer your questions in order. Ston doesn't know. He basically just walked into town yesterday, took care of a problem. But Ston can't imagine he'll want to stick around like a small, quiet farming mm. town for very long. What was your question? Wait, do they know where he's staying? I guess at the he's staying the in the mayor's mansion. Mm. Um, the mayor invited him to stay after he. Uh, 
cleared, like basically like invited him to stay in like the VIP guest rooms at the Mayor's Mansion. And you, what was your one? You want to ask a personal question? Like, <laughs> what's his favorite flower? You know, is he single? I don't really know if he's single. Love. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, I'm I'm a lieutenant. I'm not like I didn't talk to him. He mostly just talked to the mayor and like the captain here. But like, no, like I didn't actually see him. So like, no, I don't know if he's single. If that's what you're asking. No, uh, Frankie, uh, I did I actually hold the vodka on that? And she kind of sniffs it. She goes, <laughs> oh, I did not. <laughs> not drunk Frankie again. My, my apologies, my apologies, Don. Uh, well, well, stop. No, no hands, you can't have any. Remember what happened last time? The temple, you did say it's been cleared of vampires, right? He tells you that they did send a, you know, a little procession of guards in um, <laughs> after it was cleared um, and had a quick look around and they didn't find any vampires. They found a few dead vampires, but no live ones. Forgive me, I, I'm very curious. I used to live near here and I do remember the temple being not full of vampires. Yeah, they're probably gonna put it back to being like a place of, a place of peace and worship, you know, after the corpses are cleared out. Well, do you think we could take a look? Yeah, be my guest. Head on, head on up, it's just up on the hill. Oh, Go ahead. How exciting. And of course we'll have uh, your old uh, military buddy Flynn there to keep us safe. <laughs> Even if most of, most of these days he uh, slays all the sails. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> now, that those, now that those vamps are gone, Towns save his houses. Be my guest. Go on, have a great time. I'm going to stay here and enjoy my day off. Oh. Starting right now, and then he like starts drinking another, <laughs> another ale. Flynn's gonna leave two gold for them to continue their round. Cool. Um, he calls you even. That's that's like more than enough for him and his buddies to yeah. like drink for the evening. He calls you even uh, on the drinks that he said that you owed him uh, before, uh, and you guys head on out. The it's it's getting to like sort of that you know dusk dusk time. Like the sun's gone down, but it's not all the way dark yet. You guys are heading to the temple. Mm-hmm. So you walk through the town, there appears to be a lot of celebrating happening in the town tonight. Um, there are a lot of like parties happening inside private houses, fun music happening, there's a bit of jazz coming from like around the place. You guys hit up the hill, you know, up this like winding path towards the temple that kind of like sits up on a, a nice little domed hill. Um, Idafo, roll me a quick intelligence check. Oh, me? Intelligence is a main skill. That would be a 17. Cool. Uh, according to your coin, he's in there. Oh girl, we gonna- The coin of tracking is ahead of you. And there's only one thing ahead of you. I nudge Frank and go, it's gonna be your night. Oh <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> Can I roll perception to see if I hear that? To <laughs> catch that? Like. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, a 10. Yeah, you didn't hear that. <laughs> I am puffing up this hill. No, but for real, and I stop everyone. <laughs> You guys get up to the top of the hill. The temple is a, uh, like, it's kind of looked like it, it was carved from a single piece of white marble. Whoa! It is really nice looking. Like, it used to be, like, once upon a time, it would have been a really fancy church. Last couple of years, it's probably fallen into a bit of disrepair with the, you know, absence of gods and whatnot. Yeah, with the absence of God. <laughs> was it to a specific god, or is there, is it a big church with, like, 
maybe I would say maybe chapels to specific gods inside or it's just one building and it's kind of hard to tell if sure. it's built in, in respect of a specific mm. uh, deity or not there's no there's no signs because no one's really been up here for a couple of months mm. and you gathered from Ston that uh, it hasn't been properly cleared yet uh, Karen's feeling a little bit tipsy <clears throat> did have a couple of drinks and she kind of pushes the door open and she says hello Oh into the God. into the darkness as she kind of creeps inside and she laughs. Your words echo off the marble walls. <laughs> it's quite sorry. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> um, as you walk on in, are you still drinking? Like, are you holding? No, a, no? no. She just had a couple back at the thing. Karen's but... classy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's had a she's had a couple. Yeah. But Frank's like, oh, we're not supposed to bring our drinks. Sack on you. Stolen them. Oh, please return that glass to the inn, darling. It's quite dark inside. The moonlight is, you know, like the evening light is kind of like making its way through some of the walls, but it's quite dark on the inside. Dark, for um, sure. And as you walk into sort of like the main church room where like the pews would be set up, it's in very bad disrepair. The furniture is tipped over uh, and you kick something soft and you're reminded so much of Friday night's party. Oh, um, no. As you look down and you realize that there is a corpse at your feet. Oh. Oh, I forgot that the vampires were still here. Can I light a torch from my my bag? Mm. My pooch? And you hit on it too? Yeah. Obviously, dark vision with a dwarf. Can I see the hole in the chest? Yeah. There's a crater in the front of the chest uh, where the heart would be, and it's basically just Indiana Jones. Someone's just like <laughs> torn the heart out the front of it. Oh no. It's like an artist. Flynn's like, oh, holy corpse. Oh, cow. Oh. Masterful it is. It's Frankie, Frankie, no, Frankie. Uh. This is extremely strange. Ugh. Frankie, whatever's going on right here. I'd like to use perception to have a look around with dark vision. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, roll me a perception check. Um, are you drunk? No, I had water, remember. Oh, have advantage because of dark vision. Uh, okay. Oh. That is a 20. There are like four or five corpses in this room, kind of like, there was a battle that happened in this room. Um, there are a few scorch marks on some of the walls, um, a few scorch marks on some of the bodies, all of the bodies that you can see have had their hearts extracted forcibly. Uh, and you walk, you carry on down, you know, past the pews, past the podium and sort of like walk on into the room that's kind of like behind the main room of worship. Um, and you have a look around and there are a few shards of paper. Um, the vampires like almost live like homeless people. They don't have, oh. they, they, there was no, there was no like furniture or anything in here. They basically were just <laughs> squatting in here. And you turn and boom, there is a pale white face right in front of you. And its eyes are uh, glowing and it says to you, time to restart the coven. Little audience, Ston here, Earth Genasi Lieutenant of the Bulls Wall Town Guard, at your service. I've been asked to offer some useful advice, so here it is. If you run into a friend you haven't seen in a few years, tell them they owe you a drink. Free booze works every time. Thanks for listening to the show. 
I might see you around.